Whether it's for work or play, we rely on home internet so much these days. Being connected and staying connected has never been more important. So if you want reliable internet bought you at speed, switch to Aussie Broadband. It only takes a few minutes to sign up and their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Find out more at aussiebroadband.com.au. T's and C's apply. Before we get into today's episode of Dylan Friends, fellas, this one's for you. I know we're all in quarantine, but that doesn't mean we need to stop taking care of ourselves. We've all been guilty of letting things slide of late, but in saying that, it's time to get back on track. And that means being well-groomed. Dylan Friends this week is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped has only just launched in Australia, so now you can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products here in Australia. Water-resistant, 90-minute shaves, and LED lights, just to name a few specs. We've all heard some horror stories of not using the right products, so let's look after ourselves with Manscaped. You'll be a new man. So jump on board, get 20% off, plus free shipping with the code DILL123 at manscaped.com. The link will be in the show notes. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Strap yourselves in for some lighthearted and wholesome fun. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Gee whiz, it's fantastic to have you back on the Dylan Friends podcast. Um, the first show we did was a while back, but um, to have you on again, my friend, it's always it's always good to have you. It's it's funny because I get asked a lot, oh, when are you going on the Dylan Friends podcast? And I'm like, I've been on it. But no one, no, it's like, does anyone ever see that episode or not? Like, I need to ask you about the stats around that because I've been on the podcast. I, know. Um, I thought we did a pretty good job. Um, so the I. first time you didn't record our first one because oh. do you don't you run people through that because we didn't really speak like, about it because it was a bit embarrassing at the time, but I think you can man, tell the fans now what actually happened. It was so embarrassing because as it is, like I know, and you're a great friend of mine and we've known each other for a long time, but I actually still think about this and every single podcast I do, I have like mini anxiety attacks about this because I like long story short, I did this post last night and I was like, it's been, it's been just over two years since I started the podcast. And I was like, I look back and I was like, oh my God, like some of these, you know, some of the stuff that you do early days when you start a podcast and you're just like, that was absolutely horrific. Like it's so embarrassing. It's so funny, but like, it's so amateur. But at the end of the day, like I'm so happy with them and I'm sure, you know, you've done stuff like that as well where you go, what was I thinking? But if you don't start somewhere, you don't get anywhere. So we had an incredible chat it was a night before um i think you know brisbane was playing giants you were good enough to say mate come over to my um you know room we we sat at the podcast had the new gear was so excited to sit down and have a chat had this massive chat planned out um i reckon we chatted for like dead set an hour and a half it was like it was probably one of the best episodes that we've ever done and all of a sudden at the end i went to press like stop recording and realised that I hadn't even pressed record the whole thing. Oh, we're living the dream, weren't we? I, I, I was like, this is a, such a great one. And just to see your face is priceless. Like, you press record, and you're like, oh, hang on, that's only been going for 10 seconds. What the hell? And then you're like, oh, no, Mitch. And I've just, I've had that feeling before. I've recorded a whole episode myself and hadn't pressed record. Like, you worry about the cameras, you worry about all this other stuff. And 
just pushing that little button. And you had some like, little dinky thing as well at the start. I don't know what that recording machine was. I think it was my dad's. <laughs> the second one was good, man. It was great. But I think like that's why, you know, it's always good to get you back on again. And I've, I've fucking seriously, I've recorded, I'm recording off two phones, my Rodecaster Pro, my laptop. Um, and via memory as well. So, look, this one's it's definitely getting recorded. But um, yeah, for anyone out there that's ever starting a podcast, like far out, man. That's yeah, number one thing. Is I'm just lucky that you like we know each other pretty well, so you weren't like wigging out too bad, even though you, you felt bad. But, but imagine if it, oh, I felt terrible. You had a game, and we we're recording it till like eleven o'clock, like that night. But anyway, we'll move on. But have you ever done that? Yourself? Yeah, yeah, I've done, I've done it a couple of times. Um, because I, I have a podcast myself, as people probably know. Um, and oh, we started yeah. out, started out in a, a like amateur, like pretty much, like you don't know what you're doing really. You just got a couple of mics there and you're just talking shit. Um, and we recorded this whole episode for went for about an hour and a something half. Um, and <laughs> I've just like I've looked down at the roadcaster because you can press record on the roadcaster. I've looked down at that and I've just gone, oh my god, I haven't even pressed record yet. And my co-host Sean Tobin was like, Rob Dog. Come on, mate. So then we had to record it all over again. Even though it probably flowed better the second time because you already know what you're going to say. But yeah. it just was not it at all. And I'm pretty sure everyone's been through it. So you can't get too hung up about it. But we are back for another episode with Dylan We're Friends back. Pod. You! Yeah, what, what's news with you, mate? How's Melbourne, how's Melbourne going down there? So I know it's pretty hardcore at the moment. Oh, mate, it's pretty hardcore. Yeah, as we know, I'm at home at the moment. We've got, we're three weeks into a six-week lockdown. Um, so it's been... It's been crazy, like, I can't, but like, it sounds weird, and I had a really good chat with Ben Crow about this last week, I'm trying to, like, focus on the positives and get as many episodes as I can, like, good news is I'm chatting to you today, I'm catching up with all these people, and, like, my work hasn't been affected too much at all, which has been incredible, but, man, like, I can't remember, honestly, what it's like to even leave the house, like, when we leave, we're allowed out for an hour a day, we wear masks, Um, like, the other day I was walking and saw a cop, and I was like, Am I even like sort of like freaked out, like thinking like, am I even allowed to be outside right now? I couldn't remember. That's what happens when you're driving as well. Like if you see a police officer behind you, you just start like wigging out thinking, oh, have I done something wrong? You just instantly start thinking that. Oh, seriously. Nah, but it's, yeah, mate, it's it's different. It's very different at the moment. But yeah, hopefully in the next, yeah, three weeks, man, hopefully we can get this all sorted and um, yeah, we'll be on our way and then the sunshine will come out too, which which will be nice. But Brisbane, man, like you guys, I've been obviously chatting with you, like you guys are flying at the moment, it's going well, on the field and off the field. Well, it's another sunny day here. It's been really like, I know silver lining for you in terms of what you're doing now with the Dylan Friends and List Cloggers and all your all your media you're doing, it's, it's, it's silver lining kind of for you, which is a finding a positive out of negatives, but up here, I'm not, I'm not, I don't. I don't like doing the uh, over the like webcam type stuff interactions. I, I, I just. Mm. I just. I'd rather do face to face, and that's where you do a lot better work than me. So I, I. I give you a shout out for that's pretty good by you. But it's been really good up here since um we we got back into footy. We've won no, ten out of I think fourteen games, maybe thirteen games. I think we're ten and three at the moment. So on field we're going really well. Off field's just as good, really. Um, we can't complain. We're on like self isolation, so. We're, we got our own rules, how we can't um, go to you know, cafes, we can't go to all those other things like that, where you can just pretty much go from home to training, you can get takeaways, that's about it, and then you go straight home. So we've been doing that since round two. So it's been a while. We um, we do have the luxury that we can do other things as well, like outside, and we don't have to wear the masks, and um, you know, I think there's five visitors can come to your house, all that kind of stuff. But for us, it's we can't have yeah. anyone. We can't have anyone. But the Brisbane public themselves are, are doing pretty good up here. 
How was the um one thing that you know is is not ideal, but it's something that I feel I, I I've got mixed emotions about this because if I was playing footy at this stage, um and going into the hubs like all the boys are at the moment, like. I have a feeling like 50% of it, I would have loved it. And then the other 50%, I would have hated it. Because like 50% of it, you're just literally hanging out. I literally see all the boys, all they're doing is like they're playing games, they're playing table tennis, hanging out with each other, going to the beach, playing golf, and then just playing footy. Um, obviously, you get you, you know you get over those things and, and whatnot. But did you, did you enjoy it? Well, we went to Sydney for three weeks in the hub down there. And I didn't mind it at all. Um, it was awesome to get away from the family for... For a couple of weeks there and um, spent some time with the boys. Uh, <laughs> no, we, we, I really enjoyed it. I, I could understand that a lot of um, boys would um, get cooped up and a little bit of anxiety stuck in hotel rooms and stuff for the whole time. But I think the AFL done a pretty damn good job in keeping them all occupied and keeping them sane. Um, but every time I speak to one of the, you know, some players that I know, like after a game, they're, they're all... They're all loving it. Not in terms of loving, I mean, like mm. they they don't complain because I probably don't want to make excuses. But they're actually um, enjoying some things that are you can do there. As you said, they play a lot of games, a lot of free time. Um, they can probably get caught up in their own their own psyche. But um, I think when we did the three weeks, it was kind of new for me, and um, it was a good opportunity to get away with a little squad that we had. We only took twenty seven players, where other teams are taking a full list um, of forty something players. So. A little bit different for them. I know that a lot of them are staying at resorts and playing golf and look like they're having fun, but behind closed doors, it could be probably some mental demons there, but um, I think everyone's handling it pretty well. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I, 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 I like that. I don't do anything anyway. Like, I literally just stay in my own house regardless, um, play video games, stream, do the podcast, hang out with the kids. So I'm yeah. not too too much affected by it. Yeah, but I think you're underselling yourself there because as much as you, you know, you stream and you, you do these things and you game, like... That for you isn't just a hobby. Like you've actually been able to turn that into somewhat of a, a career and something outside of footy that gives you a release. Um, something that like I worry about with with players and not like this is something that I'm extremely passionate about. And I think I I push this on people too much sometimes because I just know that it worked for me. But I realise it's not for everyone. But I struggle the most when all my eggs are in one basket. And, like, I think you would have been the same, you know, maybe when early in your career, like, if you were just playing footy and you, you don't have anything else outside of footy, like, if footy goes wrong, then everything else goes wrong. Whereas, like, if you've got more, if you're doing more than one thing, like, just say, like, with your footy, and this is, I don't know if this is true, but I'm from an outside friend, like, looking at your career and how it's, you know, turned around. I think because you've moved interstate, you know, you got your family there, you're playing footy, but then you're also so engaged off-field now with your gaming, with your, with your podcasting and all your other shit. Like, surely that has benefited you, not just in your footy, but, like, mentally as well. We pretty much nailed it. When I when I first got up here, um, well, I had a had a little bit of a dark moment and stuff in my career where I got delisted and um, didn't have a job there for about three or four um, weeks until I got my new contract with the Brisbane Lions. When I first got up here, um, I you know, talked to the club psych and the counsellor and we are talking about, like, what do you have off-field? Because that was a big wake-up call for me. I didn't have anything going for me other than football. And all the young players and the players coming through the system now, um, they've been told to do something outside of footy, take your mind off it. Because if, you, if you're 24-7 football, you just get caught up in it and, you know, you can play some of your probably worst footy in your career and you get too um, emotionally invested in it. Um, so when I got up here, we spoke to the counsellor and we're like, what, what kind of hobbies do you have? And I was like... Hobbies, um, I hang out with my children. Like I had a 
you know, one month, one one year old son then. I was like, I don't really do anything. And we're like, oh, so what do you do by yourself? Like, do you do anything by yourself? Do you go anywhere? I'm like, oh, well, I go to the movies sometimes by myself. Like, that's a good way to get away from things. So that's the only thing I was doing, man. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. Is like, there anything wrong with that? Like, I didn't think there was, no. but like, I get teased a lot for doing that. I still do it today. No. I like going to the movies by no. myself. No, I don't want to. I, I want to get back to what you're talking about, but just quickly on that topic of going to the movies by yourself, because you've hit a chord with me. Why do you need to go to the movies with someone? Like, you're not meant to talk in a cinema anyway. So, like, don't. I don't want to go to the movies with like five friends because they're going to talk to me when I'm trying to watch the movie. Anyway, back to what you're saying. Sorry, keep going. So the counsellor, we spoke about like what was my old passions. I used to love motorbike riding, skateboarding. Obviously, you can't do that because um, of our contracts and if you get into doing that, you get you know slapped on the wrist. Um, so I talked about gaming. I used to be an avid gamer when I was younger, like from when I was like seven, eight years old all the way through till I got drafted. And you know Simon White pretty well and I used to play World of Warcraft in home and he would tease me on the regular about playing video games and I kind of put that on the back burner for a little bit and focus on footy. So I was having some um, sleepless nights with that, uh, playing World of Warcraft for about no, 12 hours straight at night time and then going to training and trying to be the Bruiser Robinson. So um, we talked about that and that's when I just started gaming again and, and that's kind of like when my football took a turn for the best and I started playing some of my best footy of my career because I had other avenues to focus my energy on, not just go to footy, come home, think about footy, um, if I had a bad game, it would just like mentally just drain the shit out of you all week um, then trying to rectify those things. So the gaming and the podcast stuff has been honestly the best thing that I ever could have done um, to um, get some longevity in my career and making sure that I'm you know mentally switched on when I need to be and switch off when I need to. So that's, that's why I love doing this and I'll continue to mm. keep doing this. Um, although... Sometimes I had a bit of backlash, especially last week with those uh, events happening. So, um, but it's it's good. I'm back on the back on everything, so um, I'm enjoying that. But this year's been a bit different, to be honest. Like the COVID stuff, and um, that's kind of made my profile a bit um, more, I guess, not respectable. But I've been doing a lot more other things in the media and and connecting with the fans and stuff in other ways. But um, yeah, it's just been a weird year. I probably haven't played my best footy, but I've played more of a team role, if that makes sense. Um, in that winger, defensive winger. So we're winning games and I'm happy and the club's happy. So uh, we'll keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, man, no, you definitely have. And I, I think that first and foremost, it's about being consistent off the field in terms of like having those hobbies and being connected to them. Because like if we speak about hobbies again, and I know I harp on about this, and, and this isn't, by the way, just football players and sports people. I think that this is like something that every single person has to do. Like whether you're a tradie, an accountant, um, you know, you fucking, I don't know, you work in a bank, anything like that. Like, I just don't feel that gone are the days where, like, you work a job from when you're, like, 18 and then retire doing the same thing. Like, you can do so many different things now. And if you want to do something different, like, you should be doing whatever you want to do because now, like, technology and stuff, like you said, you can do whatever you want. You, you just got to um, find something you're passionate about, though. Like, I, only, I only really excel at things that I'm passionate about. If I'm just doing it for half-assed reasons, then it's going to get a half-assed result. So... Gaming, podcasting, I'm so passionate about that. That's something that I want to do post-footy too. So that's what I'm thinking along the lines of if I start building that brand now, then I can like transition into that a lot uh, easier. So I've got one more year on the contract next year. Um, 31 at the moment. I'm turning into a bit of a boomer, a bit of an old old boy. So I'm going to start thinking about life post-footy. And that's a, that's a big, that's a scary thing, but it's also um, trying to make the best so I can uh, transition a lot easier because you see a lot of players struggle with that, um, coming to grips with, um, you know, no schedule, no routine, and that can really derail some blokes. So I just want to make sure that I've got that covered. Something that I love about what you've done and 
you've done this probably better than anyone I think in in the AFL because you've you've consistently played footy. Um, you know, been in the team. You've consistently played good, bad, indifferent. And you front up and you do media and you do your podcast no matter what. Like, even if you're not going as well as you want on field, you still do it. And I don't know if you've listened to um, – last week I had a podcast with Ben Crow. Do you, do you know who Ben Crow is? Have you listened to that yeah, one? Yeah, the, 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 the mindful – oh, oh, yeah, I did watch the highlights of that. You should listen to it because it's good. He talks about, like, the storytelling of, like, athletes and, like, how basically – which is what I'm imploring to you because I think you've done this well, is like because you have your own platform and you don't rely on, you know, a bigger media source to tell your story, it actually then gives fans more insight into what you're actually like as a person. Therefore, they actually understand you more and don't criticise you as much for your persona, let alone your person. So it's all about like splitting your persona versus the person you are. Do you know what I mean? So, like, if someone says something to you, if someone's abusing you on social media, which I want to talk about because there was something that happened a couple of weeks ago which was fucking hilarious, but not not so funny but funny. And what I'm saying is that per- you can realise now that the people that abuse players on social media, because we've seen it a lot this week and this month, basically you had a run-in with yourself, Zach Butters had a run-in, Callum Ward got a death threat, Tom Grimes got death threats, um, so many other players are copying all this hate on social media at the moment. Um, but I think like one message that I definitely learned out of Ben Crow, which I want, I think that it's so important for guys to realise is like these people that are attacking people on social media are attacking the persona of a person, not the actual person. Like they don't know what that is actually like. They don't know the individual, do they? Like all they, all they do is yeah. see what they see on in the media, in the publications and what – what they build you up to look like. Um, so Dylan Grimes, for example, in the weekend, he's just obviously copped it pretty harsh after his, um, perf- like when he kind of put a bit of mayo on a dive or something, I think some were saying, and um, he just copied death threats. And, yeah, he, he just was copying left, right and centre. So they don't know Dylan Grimes. I just see what they saw in the game. Um, and that's, that's, what, that's what they're attacking. So that's what it really annoys me because I don't know any of these players. I don't know, that, like unless... The only, the only opinions that matter are the ones you actually know and love, like your family and your, your close friends. Like, they don't know you. So that's that's the, that's what they're attacking is just the, the persona you're talking about and, or what the media looks make, makes you look like to be. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's happened since yeah. since Instagram started, really. Um, but now it's more prevalent now. Um, they can get access. And I think the best thing about the players and um, other people, they're calling it out more now, especially the race, racial vilification yeah. stuff. Like, that's, oh, yeah. that's a no-go. And that, like, it's come a long way since... Um, you know, probably the Adam Good saga when all that was going on. It's been um, heavily publicised that players will come out now and call that shit out because it, we just had a, we've had enough of it. So um, credit to the people who are sticking up for everyone out there um, and to the haters. You can get a life pretty much, but yeah, get a life, get a life, idiots. You don't know me, uh, mate. We're we're, already, we're talking about a serious topic now of of social media, but the one thing that is extremely serious is. The racial vilification, which we've touched on last time we chatted, um, obviously a good friend of mine, and I think he's a good friend of yours as well. Tony Armstrong was incredible when he came on the ch- on the show and talked about the effects that you know um, this sort of stuff has had on Indigenous people. Um, Indigenous round this week um, was unbelievable. Yeah, um, your beautiful fiance Emma is a proud Indigenous woman, and she actually did. A lot, well, she does a lot of the boot designs for the players every year. Who did she do this year? Because I know she did Buddy this year, was it? 
No, no, she didn't do Buddy this year. She does not last year. At the moment, he's not playing he? at the moment. He's done. He's done for the year. Um, she did Dustin Martin's sorry, Jack Rewalds. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Um, Nathan Broad. Um, and she was doing him for Jen Anderson too, but she uh, missed that deadline. But um, she she has been um, getting a lot of requests to do some work, and she she does a fantastic job with all this stuff. But um, it was pretty cool to see her do Dusty's boots again because she did him last year for him, but he went through that little period where he kept changing boots and sponsors and stuff, so that he didn't get to. Didn't get to rock him on the MCG, but he's looked really, really good. And um, so did Jack Rewalt. So they both play. I think Dusty probably got three Brownlow votes, so we'll claim that as a as a family as well. I'll, you know, add that onto my tally. Um, but she's been doing some great work. She did the. She's doing. I don't know if I can say it. No, she's doing the AFLW Indigenous jer- jersey for the Kangaroos. Um, she's been doing a lot of paintings for for people, and obviously the boots and stuff. So um, she does an amazing job. Very, very proud of her. Yeah, she does. Um, you can check her out, Charlie Wanty, um, on Instagram. Yep. Um, she's killing it at the yep. moment. So yeah, very, very and proud we, of her. Can we can get it? We can buy her artwork as well. Can we? Yeah, she you can. She has commissions and stuff. stuff like that. She gets a lot of requests, but um, because she's she's doing radio now, so she works from five a.m. to nine a.m. Um, every morning. So she's up at like three thirty. Yeah, she's up at three thirty doing that. She does a, she does the lunches for the kids and then ducks off and comes back at nine a.m. with a coffee for me usually. So she's a she's Wonder Woman at the moment, and I'm very, very proud of her. Mate, I want to, um, and I, I was hoping that you'd be able to enlighten me a little bit on this because obviously um, with Indigenous Round, um, Free the Flag t-shirts were worn by like, all the players um, throughout the the season, uh, throughout the round, obviously to, obviously that makes sense, to Free the Flag. Do you know, like, I, I, I know a little bit about this, but I don't want to comment too much on it because I'm still trying to work out like what this is about. Like, can you explain to us, exactly what's happened in this scenario and how people can help out with that sort of thing, if there is any way that we can sort of bring awareness to it. Yeah, so obviously the uh, the Aboriginal flag is, you know, held dearly to the Indigenous communities in Australia. Um, and it's only really come to light recently that, that it's been trademarked and copyrighted. So if you want to use the flag, which is a should be a free flag, you should be able to use it on clothing, um, whatever you really want to use it for. Um, if you want to sell some products that has a flag on it, especially for Emma, like if she wants to do something around like an Aboriginal art and has like the flag symbol, she ha- should have to pay to use that. And the money goes to um, the owner of the flag who is um, copyrighted by Wham, which is a, you know, a, a white person who owns it. Um, so they have to, you know, pay him to use the Aboriginal flag, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. And it's only really come to light now. So they've been making, you know, X amount of money for a long time for having the flag copyrighted and trademarked. And from a non- non-Indigenous person to have that... Um, that right is 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 not is not is not the right. So, um, freeing the flag is making sure that um, everyone can use it, um, especially Indigenous people who want to probably resell some of their own product that might have the flag on there. Um, and that's what the you know the free the flag symbol and the T-shirts have come out. So it was awesome by the um, AFL and all the teams who jumped on board for um, to join that campaign. As as you probably know, they usually have the Indigenous um, flag on in the middle of the um, center square. Um, mm. in, in the Indigenous Round games, and they didn't have that this year, just to you know, kind of make a stand that um, you shouldn't have to pay to use that flag, especially for such an important round. So that's where it's kind. Of, that's a kind of like a you know, a small summary of, of what's going on. It's obviously a lot more detail to that, but um, it's just kind of a bit of an eye opener to what what's happening with that. So yeah, and just bringing awareness. Yeah, to yeah just to bringing it. awareness to it as well. So it was awesome to see all the AFL boys jump on board and you know, represent the shirts proud, proudly, um, especially in such an important round in our, in our AFL calendar. So that, uh, there'll be some things going down the track with that. Hopefully they can um, get that overturned and everyone can use it. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty big deal. 
Yeah, it's crazy, man. And um, yeah, you're right. It should not be. It, it, everyone should. All Indigenous people should have the right to be able to use their own flag. It's it's pretty crazy to think that that isn't allowed. Um, so hopefully, you know, we can bring more awareness to it. Thousands of Aussies trust Aussie Broadband to keep them connected to the world, even when they're on the go. Because as well as reliable home internet, Aussie Broadband also offers flexible mobile plans with super generous data allowances and no locking contracts. Their 100% Australian-based support team are ready to help you make the switch. It only takes a few minutes. Aussie Broadband, the actual Aussie way. Search Aussie Broadband Mobile to find out more. T's and C's apply. Um, mate, so basically, again, a reason I really wanted to get you on was we chat about it just before we touch on it, but the network that you've created and you said that, you know, it's obviously been something that you found passion for outside of footy. Um, I've done it myself, but I'm not a footy player anymore. Um, are you going to play footy something? again? You playing local or nothing? I oh, can't really. Man, it. no. How's I, the like, rig? Bro, quick side note to this before <laughs> I bring this up. So I'm in career best fitness right now. Okay. So I said to myself, like, so, you know, you remember how bad I was at running. But, like, oh, lightning quick. Oh, I'm telling you now, I was quicker than I was, I was quicker than Jeffy and Yaz. You three, know that. Three quick steps. Agree Probably with out, me. Out of, the, out of the stoppage, yeah, definitely. <laughs> all, all you need is the first five metres. That's all that matters. Anyway, my fitness was, like, I think the first, uh, you know, I was very light, like 60 kilos. My first run around Princess Park, I think I ran maybe, like, a 14, no. 14 minute. Man, I'm telling you now, I come second last to Yaz in that oh, run. Yeah, and Yaz is pretty bad, man. And he was like, I think he was like running backwards pretty much. Yeah, he was. He was running um, 15, 16s. There's no way you ran a 14. I never lost. Like, man, I did. I did. I swear to God, I was so unfit. Like I, I was trying to, yeah, I was bad. Son and, of Jim um, just running a 14. Oh, mate. Well, I just didn't know that that's like, I was so young and naive. I just didn't even realize that fitness was a thing back then. Like that's how stupid I was when I was 18. Anyway, long story short, you obviously build on it. You build on it in your career. And when it's your job, you don't love it as much, but ever since I finished playing footy, I just found this love for running where I was like, all I do now is go for runs and just like love like, you know, getting out there, no phone, just go for a run. Um, so I've been doing like 10Kers, 9Kers, um, 13K runs, obviously under an hour, like just loving it. Anyway, so I was doing a 100K month and I had a week to go and basically had 75, done 75 um K's and I had 25 to go and I just done it a 10k out absolutely smashed it out got home and went to pick up this box because I'm moving into a new place picked up this box and I fell over and I dead set thought I was paraplegic I thought I broke my back and what? this is I'm not saying this spinal? as a joke because yeah it was spinal man like I've literally just dis like I had disc problems in my back since I was you know, like being playing footy, but I was floored on the floor. I was just like around, like t- tears were nearly coming out. Like, <laughs> I, I, I won't lie, I'm, I actually think tears came out. Man, I was in so much pain. I was in so much pain. Like I was, and I was dead set downstairs, like trying to crawl up the stairs. Just sat on the couch. Um, I called, you know, a few doctors. What, what doctor um, did you call? Did you call club. a Colton doctor called, or? Yeah, called Voz <laughs> straight away. <laughs> and... He's like, oh, okay, no worries. Like, you know, we're gonna have to, you know, get someone to come check you out. Did he have your number still? Be like, yeah, he loves me. He knew straight away, and that made me realize why I do not want to play footy anymore, man. Well, like, I just you don't hate contact to, like, regardless, play. but well, it's not the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. I I don't want to like now that I'm working and I'm in the real world. I don't want to have to like, rock up to work on a Monday 
with a back spasm. Like at the moment, I'm sitting here with a heat. I'm sitting here with a heat pack on my spine, and I'm 28, man. No, I'm 27. I'm 27 years old and I can't walk. It's like I don't want to do that anymore. Oh, I feel I feel um, your pain, man. Actually, I had a back spasm last week. That's why it's making me laugh right now. That- Mate, if you had a back spasm like oh, I did, you would not be laughing. I about can't it. say I've never cried over a back spasm, but I know they're pretty painful. I wasn't crying. It was just very. It was. You're emotional about. Yeah. You're emotional about it. Eh? At the time. <laughs> so. You were a pioneer in this, okay? You're a pioneer in AFL in terms of players that um, podcast, you vodcast, you game, um, you do all this shit that I have no idea how you do it, but you do it very well. You put it all together. And what I'm trying, where I'm getting at here is this, when we first started doing this sort of thing, the amount of people that would have been like, you guys are the biggest losers. Like, what are you doing? Don't do this. 100%. And now you look at it and there's a lot of guys, which is awesome. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. I'm absolutely wrapped that there's so many guys now that are starting their own things. Um, how do you think, like, soon the AFL will not turn into, like, the American side of things, but do you think there will be a lot more guys now starting their own, like, shows and platforms and all that sort of stuff? Like, you've obviously seen as well, like, yourself – um, then they've, we've got um, the lockdown club guys like Tommy Sheridan and, and Matty DeBoer and all those boys doing the, the gaming stuff as well. Um, forgive me if I've missed anyone else, but there's yeah, there's there's a lot of guys doing I stuff. Rewot does a podcast. Rewot works for Fox Fox Footy, um, and and does that sort of stuff as well. But in terms of like personal platforms, like doing your own media, because I think guys. I, I sort of have a theory, and, and Ben Crow last week, again, I keep bringing it up, brought up to the fact that, like, a lot of players like to do their own stuff because they can tell their own story without it getting misconstrued. Where do you see it going? Like, do you reckon it's going to go even more? Well, we're, we're OGs. You, you started first, I think. You started dealing with friends, what, two years ago. Um, I think I jumped on a few months after you. I think you kind of, like, without giving you a big head and making you think that you're all that, I think you kind of paved the way for players to have more personality in doing these things because... As you mentioned at the very start of that massive question you just asked me, um, players are always going to be criticised for what they do, um, especially if they're trying to have their own platform to talk about things and have their own opinions. Even like I've been in this game for a while now, like 12 years in the AFL, and I've been doing podcasts for about a year and a half now. And even just like last week when I got absolutely torn a new one, um, publicly hanged pretty much for having an opinion on something which I thought was you know, my opinion and you can't really take that and run with it because that's just what I was thinking at the time. And I think plays are always going to jump on what's what's new and cool. I think like podcasting is pretty a pretty special way to be able to connect with um, the community and, and showcase your personality and who you really are. We just spoke about before about the people can build you up to be something you're not your persona. Um, you know, I cross that white line and I turn into um, someone different. You know that I actually am. I'm actually a really nice guy. Um, you know, I'm pretty. Pretty nice to people and all that kind of stuff. When I cross the line, you know, I'm someone different. So I think that fans and the community get to see another another light uh, about you is, is, is really, really positive. And I think that's cool. So um, especially this COVID period, I've seen lots of podcasts start up and um, even just like non-AFL players doing a lot of podcasts, asking us to go on them. Um, I don't know what your DMs look like, but I'm getting probably 10 a week asking to go on their podcasts and give them a shout out and stuff. So um, I think it's pretty cool. I'll, I'll continue to do um, this and have my opinion as long as, like, I'm still employed by the Risen Lions, so I've got to be very careful what I do say. And every podcast I do do, I flick it through to them first for them to double-check it, so I'm making sure I'm not treading mm-hmm. on anyone's toes or saying the wrong thing that could bring any negative uh, 
attention to the footy club because that's you know that's my primary source of income. That's my employer. Um, so yeah. got to make sure I do right by them. But it's I, I find it really fascinating that a lot of players are coming um, and, and starting to do these podcasts. I just spoke to Andrew Bogut literally like two weeks ago. We were just exchanging DMs about podcasting and, and what equipment and stuff for him to use. And he's just starting his own one up now. So that's that's pretty cool. Like I, I, I've always watched his career and seen what he's been doing. And he's pretty outspoken himself. He likes to have an opinion on a lot of things. And, um, you know, he does cop it um, from the, the average punter. But I think he's a you know really genuine guy and has a good opinion. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does. But things like that um, where the internet's so big now, you can do whatever you really want to. And I think if... Um, if people want to accept you and get to know you, that th- these are the perfect avenues for that. So that's why I'll, I'll continue to do the gaming and podcasting. But in terms of the way the AFL is going to go, I think um, media now probably starting to feel a bit um, not worried or scared, but with, with players having more of a say and being able to voice their opinions on other platforms, they don't have to go directly through through them. So the Herald Suns, these um, footy shows, are probably getting a little bit Antsy, if it makes sense, that that we don't have to go through them, and we don't have, we don't need them for an opinion that we because we can just put it out there ourselves. So the social media world, we can we can literally I can hit fifty thousand people right now on Instagram just by putting out a story of you know, what I want to say. I don't have to go through you know um, some Fox Footy show or through a publication to get my voice out there. I can just do it myself. So I think uh, the old school media personnel are getting a little bit worried about um, you know their jobs, I guess you could say, because uh, you don't need, really need to go through them. I think it's a funny point, man, because I think like, obviously I live in Melbourne and the biggest thing that annoys me a little bit with, um, and I, I don't, I, I don't like saying media because it's not media. It's like, it's, it's, it's specific. I'm not, I'm not blanking, specific, I'm not blanking yeah. everyone. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm talking it's about specific yeah, personnel, specific people that, you know, yeah. like say these things. But the funniest thing was, is like last week when you said the stuff on Tom Lynch, which we'll touch on in a minute, but Forever, everyone's like, you know, we want guys saying, you know, these oh. things. We want guys to speak. We want guys to say what they think. We want more personality. We want more honesty yeah. in, the, in the in the in the media and the footy world. And then neck yeah. And then as soon as you say these things, everyone goes, oh, Mitch Robinson needs to worry about getting a kick. He needs to worry about doing this. You know, that's stupid. He shouldn't be saying that. And it's just like, where you can't win like with with this sort of stuff. So for me, man, I just say I just want you to keep doing your thing. And I know that it's not going to deter you from from doing that, but um. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You're never going to be able to please everyone in this world and as long as you can just you just do what you want to do and people are enjoying it, man, so you just got to keep doing it. I'll touch on that. Like, I think um, what you said is exactly true. We, we get told that they want more access to players. Like, every AFLPA delegates um, meeting that I have or been to or sat in, it's always questions from the media asking to get more access. How do we give you know, more access to players and bring more personality to um, these footy games and we'll, they're talking about how they lose viewers after half time or quarter time because it's just like they're not you know, fully committed to the game and it's just it's just game of footy. People watch footy for players like Dusty Munn. I'd watch Richmond. I watched Richmond the other night because of Dusty Munn and obviously because he's wearing Emma's boots. But uh, mm-hmm. that's the kind of people that I like to watch. Like who have a bit of per- he has he doesn't show much personality really because he's you know, introvert introverted bloke keeps he's you know cast with his chest but. Those type of things I like to watch just because he's such a big stature in the game. Um, but that's sort of what I kind of mean. Like they want a lot from us, but then as soon as someone comes out and says something that's against the norm and they're probably – I think I've got a lot of backlash because people haven't seen that yet, a uh, player talking about another player in that light. Um, so a lot of the old heads in the media went to rap with it. Um, and there was a few key ones in there that I was a bit disappointed with the, some of the things they said. And, um, and, then, and then even for some specific people to message me after and say – 
um, you know, just keep doing your, keep doing what you're doing and then say another thing in the media. So I was a little bit annoyed about that, but 70, 70% of it was uh, positive news and the rest were probably, you know, Richmond supporters and uh, the media that didn't like it. But I'll, I'll, I know I did speak to the club and we had, we had a good chat and it's just more about, you know, language and wording and, and I've got to understand that you know, all my platforms, people will be, you know, trying to get a headline out of that. So I was just saying it off the cuff type thing. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't mean much by it. Um, and, you know, it's just a little reminder for me, especially that a lot of uh, people are listening to something that I have to say. So I've got to be careful, you know, with the platforms I use. But um, I'll keep, I'll continue to be myself as long as it's in a, you know, in, in that manner that I can hold myself. And I've had, I've had a great chat to our media manager, Andrew Hamilton, who used to work for the Korean Mail. He's been really good for me um, in, in his light as well. So uh, I don't know. It was, a little, it was a bit of a bit of a weird week last week, but um, yeah, uh, you know, a couple of people backed me up, and big deal. Buckley, I heard, uh, threw some good stuff for me. So I uh, know it's, it's it's all it's all good on my end. No, well, I definitely did, mate, because I know, like, look, I know Tom Lynch, and I love the way, like, you know, I love the way he actually plays. I think he is a very tough player, um, in terms of crashing packs and all that sort of stuff. And I know you very well, and I think that people that saw your comments. Think straight away, oh, he's just having a dig. That's what it is. But straight away, mate, like I know exactly what you were doing. You're a very calculated person. <laughs> um, this would have been the, – the things that you've said is for the next time Brisbane play Richmond, I'm telling you now, all these people have been bagging this out of what you're saying, but that's going to be the most watched game of the year. So in, in terms of that – I don't think that the AFL can be too upset with what you're saying because it's putting bums on seats and it's making it a lot more excitable for for players to be watching, um, especially when there's underlying things um, that you know are going on behind the play. Um, mate, I can give you a guarantee you at the end of the year that when you and Tom Lynch meet up, you'll be having a beer and and it'll be funny and it'll be something that. I, 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 I like actually. He's not a bad bloke. I just I, I was speaking from personal like run-ins with him on field. Like it's not there's no angst in that. There's no. I wasn't trying to degrade him or anything. If I see him off field, I'd be like, hey, go on, man. Like, I, I do not hold grudges. There's not, nothing to do with that. No. So, um, and it's funny, that, that's man. what it is. Like, I, I respect every yeah. every player I've played against. It's just, as soon as I cross that white line, it's a different game. The, the blokes that you – I found this as well. is like the blokes that you um fight with on field or you hate on field, you actually think about it. It's like when you watch a movie. I always think about it like this. Like, you know when you watch a movie mm-hmm. and you see an actor or an actress and you go, I – hate you so <laughs> like I, I i genuinely like why would you do that but then i think far out you are such a good actor and actress that you're making me feel like that that's and that's exactly. the way i think about players <laughs> so i think like if you're a player like for example like i play against a player and you like like i hate you and i think oh my god i just want to kill you i hate you post game i think Fuck, I love that guy. Like, how did he did it such a good like how did he make me feel like that? Like that was incredible how he's done it. So that's what I was um, kind of alluding to. Like, um it's a, it's playing a role as well. Like you can be a villain if you want, but um as I said, I, I respect every single player. Um and if they do if they do if they get me all hot and wild on the field they're they're doing a good job because um that's 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 what they gotta do to get in your head a little bit, I guess. But as funny as you say that's exactly <laughs> exactly how I feel like when I'm watching a movie and there's a villain in there and I just can't stand him. I'm like, oh, fucking hate that guy. God damn. What? And then I'm like, oh, man, he's just doing such a good acting role. Like, he's just killing it. Last point on this was, like, a lot of people were saying, um, post this, like, uh, in the media, like they were saying, um, oh, you know, Brisbane sat down, Mitch Robinson gave his last warning um, and said, you know, Fagan had his words out and absolutely sprayed him and stuff. I, know, I don't want you to go into that and, and give us, like, a scoop or anything like that at all, but... 
was the club actually disappointed or were they um, were they just sort of sitting down and saying, this is what we need to do from now on? Because from my point of view as well, I look at it in the fact of Brisbane's a club that is in a state where um, footy isn't is, is growing, but it's not the biggest thing. You being there, and I, I know the comments like that they can be misconstrued both ways, but realistically, for the game, you're actually putting bums on seats. What's their view on it? No, the club's obviously got um, the right intent. Like, I've, you know, we spoke to the club. I, I, I messaged the club straight away when I saw that first article, um, and then we had a chat with Fags, and it was just about a reminder of the language and stuff that we use. He's he shows he supported me, but also um, you don't want to give teams ammunition, obviously going down the track um, in the future, but. Um, yeah. Fagan's like honestly one of the best coaches I've had, and we've got a great me- uh, media team up here. So we had we just had a chat, a little a little chat about um, you know, wording and language, and just like reminders about um, you know the way that the club wants to be perceived and all that kind of stuff. So there was um, you know we had a phone call, that's about it, and you know we moved on from that. But that's what I mean. As in things can get misconstrued, people can have their opinions in the media, and that's fine. Um, they can say what they want to say, whether it's right or wrong. That's their opinion. That's exactly that's what I said. So. Um, no, the best thing about, you know, the club's understanding and, you know, they're, they're really great towards me, but also they've got to have, you know, um, some guidelines as well. So a little reminder, um, there's nothing out of the norm. We have, a, we have those yeah. chats with everybody. All right. I just want to quickly ask, I've got a couple of questions about Brisbane that we'll get to just quickly, but Brisbane obviously having a very good year. Um, I used this analogy a couple of weeks ago and I was chatting to Matt Rao and it's my new analogy because I love this. Um, I love the film Moneyball. Um, I don't know if you heard this thing, but like Moneyball in terms of like, you know, how they pick all those players that... I love that movie. Um, it's one of my favourite movies. There you go. So they pick all the players that are sort of um, not superstars per se, but they just do the team thing. They get the runs on the board. They do what they need to do. And I've been putting together um, a list of players that I, I'm adding to my Moneyball. My, my, there's not even money. This, to be honest, I've probably missed this completely. It's not my money. No, no, no. So Moneyball is like the person that... Probably would like all their stats are really good, but they don't have the notoriety of being like a A grade player. But I just love the way they go about it in the team. So, for example, again, it probably doesn't fit anything that I'm talking about here. But I wanted to talk about someone from your team who I love, who doesn't get any. Um, I don't feel like this guy gets any um, praise credit. And Ripper bloke, I've had actually had the chance of having a few cordials with him too. Um, but how good is Lincoln McCarthy? <laughs> Mate, it's funny you say that. Um, when he first got up here, I, so on my podcast, um, I said something on my podcast, was like I was a bit um, sceptical at the start, but he's really proved that he's going to be a great player and and um, he, you know, because he had a lot of injuries at Geelong, and I think he missed like a lot of games. And mm-hmm. since he's been up here, he's missed probably a couple max, even though he got suspended, yeah. this, he got suspended this week. But he has been one of the best pickups I've, I've seen um, on a list who I thought was just like, you know, we get him up here, play a few games maybe and see where we go. Because I didn't know, know too much about him. And he, when I said that yes, on my podcast, yeah. he pulled me up on it. He's like, mate, you can't be saying that shit. And I was like, what do you mean? Like I was trying to give you like a compliment. He's like, yeah, it's a bit of a backhanded compliment at that. So he pulled me up on it. I was like, this guy's a legend. Like I, I actually yeah. love Lincoln McCarthy. Um, he he plays a selfless role as a, a high half forward who um, – as you know, that role is so bloody hard. It's one of the hardest ones in there, for apart from the wing, yeah, because that's what I play. It's terrible. It's, it's where it's where you go to. It's where you go to die. To it's pretty much if you play the half forward role. If you're not <laughs> if you're not kicking bags or getting you know up the ground and getting twenties, uh, you're pretty much irrelevant. But he he does 
so much good stuff for our team and, and he and he gets praised for it a lot internally in our four walls. We know what he's worth. Um he's tackling, he's clutch goals. Even just last year they get He kicked Geelong. marks too, man. Man, he he takes hangers too. He's got hops galore. Yeah. So Shout out to him. He's actually been a great player for us, and that, and also the recruiters for the Brisbane Lions because we've picked up a lot of good players um, in in yeah. in the in the Fagan era. So yeah, I was available as well. I think you weren't because you've already signed with GWS, and then you yeah. No, I mean after GWS. Ah, oh, yeah. Look, we, we we had a full list, so we're all busy. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But no, Fair but enough. you're doing um, great um, things now, anyway. So. Yeah, no, I really appreciate that, man. Thanks, Heath. It means a lot. Um, the last guy that I just really want to talk about is um, I, I love this guy. I don't know what it is about this bloke. I've got a crush on him. I don't know if you've got anything to do with him. He doesn't actually play for Brisbane. He plays at Port Adelaide. Darcy Byrne Jones. No, I got nothing, nothing to do with him. Never, I met know, him. but never I met him. Ta- I just never spoken to, to him. I just want to tell. <laughs> I just want to tell you that I like him. <laughs> um. Okay, mate. I've just got a couple things to talk about before we finish because. You, you intrigue me. Um, you got so many facets to whatever you are because I don't know what it is. Like you're a player, you're a gamer, podcaster, you know, you do articles, all this shit. Shit, when I say shit, like good stuff. Um, what, like when you finish footy, what it, what does that look like? Because like gaming is something where, gaming is something that I'll be honest, I used to laugh about and think, what are these guys doing, you know, gaming and playing? Like, I hated it when, like, I'd go to a mate's house when I was a kid and they're like, let's play PlayStation. I, I just was never really into it. But now I'm just thinking, like, holy shit, like, you see some of these people. And I want I want you to maybe give some insight into the gaming world because I don't understand it at all. But, like, you know, you've met a lot of guys through gaming that are earning, like, millions. Yeah. Mills. So these guys... How does, how does that work? So ad revenue... Um, so on the stream, when I'm streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv forward slash Mitch Robinson, when I'm on there um, gaming and stuff, you can you can cheer for them, you can subscribe to them, which is like $5. And obviously the, the big time gamers are getting like 40,000 times subscribers. So you do the math. That's ridiculous numbers. Um, and then they've got other avenues like you, they can run ads on their stream when they're like having a break. They get money from that. Um, obviously sponsorships from playing a game um, that like say like if basketball comes out they want to want you to play basketball and get the word out there they'll pay them to play basketball um, and then they got the YouTube revenue like as you're probably going to be doing soon because you got I don't know what like 8,000 subscribers alright be right back guys we're running a short ad right now <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. so yeah so that's what they do that's where the money comes from but but um, that's that's this kind of the setup you can go down that, the path you can go down I do it because I really enjoy it Um and I don't encourage people to subscribe to my channel because it's you know yeah. I'm, I'm making enough money as from footy as it is, and I'm you know got a stable income in the house, so I don't go down that avenue. But post footy for Mitch Robinson, um, I've been passionate about becoming a player agent for a long time since I got delisted. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I really really want to do. Um, I've been through the high, highs and lows of AFL. I've had it all, then lost it all, then you know making a second chance out of my footy career, and I can see the warning signs of players going down avenues of, uh, that probably don't help their career and, um, you know, I've done a, my full real estate license, got a sports journalism degree, um, started doing an accounting for, um, for that, for that um, aspect of, you know, player management and that and podcasting. Like I'm obviously passionate about this and I've been trying to get into your DMs to try and start up something with you, but obviously you and Daniel Goringer, um, boy, boyfriends at the moment, you guys love each other. <laughs> no, crazy. You know, I'm sick of seeing you. I'm sick, nah, I'm sick of seeing you too. I'm serious. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Dan Gorringe. I'm just going to go, big brother. Oh, let me turn around. And there's something in his ass. 
media, don't run with this because I actually like Dan Gorringe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nah, but, but that's just, that's what I want to do post footy. So I, I don't want to go down the avenue of um, uh, doing boundary writing or calling a game or anything because you can't really be yourself. They're all kind of robots, um, if that makes sense. And um, you have to be really politically correct to, to do those roles. And I like to have a left field opinion on things and I don't think that will fly up a lot of people. So post footy, I definitely want to do media. I actually really enjoy writing. Um, that's mm. probably the only thing I excelled at at school was um, English and writing. So if anyone wants, wants to have a crack at me um, doing a spelling test, come at me. I'll, uh, I'll spell anything for you. So that's what I want to do. Um, a little bit, I reckon I've got a, a few eggs in a basket, but well, we'll suss it out. But yeah, so my main thing would be player management and then um, doing some media on the side. Cool. And off the cuff, right? Say you are. You, you just said then you're looking to get into management. You have got a lot of life lessons to to give to people. Um, obviously, you have. You've been up and down, and you've come out the other side, man. Like if you had told me that when we first met that you'd have a degree in journalism, accounting, player management, be running a podcast, um, and I'm not saying this in rudeness, but like I just probably wouldn't have thought that was possible. So it's a credit. Like I'm, I'm saying it in the credit to yourself now. Like that's. You fucking, I'm really, it's, it's unbelievable, mate. So honestly, very, very proud of the way you've, you've done that. Um, what would you say to someone now? What would you say is some of the biggest advice? Like what, what would be a good bit of advice you could give to a guy or a girl that's, that's looking to, that's maybe like where, where you were pre this, pre your, pre your change. Yeah. uh, The biggest thing for me was the work life balance. As we spoke about earlier in this podcast that, for me to be mentally switched on for, for AFL, say if it's an athlete trying to um, stay mentally fresh, you've got to have the ability to be able to switch off from when you leave the footy club or your workspace to when you go home to not take your work home with you. That's something that I – like I used to sit in my car after, after training or before training and just like, fuck, man, I don't want to be here. This is just going to be a long day. Then as soon as, you, like, as, soon as I figured out ways to handle that um, pressure and um, things that come along with football and whatever this person may be doing – um, that the better. So the AFL and especially the Brisbane Lions, we've, we've got a great um, welfare manager and Andrew Crow who makes sure that on our days off that we, we have something scheduled and planned and we're doing, um, you know, a lot of the players are doing uni or school or some other, some other aspect that's not to do with AFL. And that's where the, the, the AFL in general has done such a great job in making sure that players have the ability to do something else. So we have some time off during the week because it is a hectic, hectic job and everyone thinks it's all daisies and, you know, you know what you can't be unhappy playing AFL because it's the best job in the world. Well, some players do it for work, not for the love of it. Um, so that's that's the kind of the thing I was kind of trying to implement implement in my career that I had to be happy off the field to enjoy on the field. So that's something that I've worked on very very hard. Um, seeing counsellors, club psychs, and whatnot to making sure I do that. But a big one for me is I do a lot of journaling. So when I write my autobiography and I'm sells and you know a million copies of that, I'll uh, it'll be pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, it's sick, man. And I think, no, hundred percent. It's, I think it's everyone's like I've sort of been through that as a fact as well. You got to go through those things to learn it. But I think the biggest thing that we can talk about today, and as much as we're relating this to footy, like it's not just about footy. It's about like any job that you're doing. Like you got to have balance in in anything. Because otherwise, if you put all your eggs in one basket, um, if that basket falls, then you've only got one basket. Hundred percent. That's quote why. That, yeah, that, yeah. Was that's, worst, that is the that best worst, worst quote I've quote. ever heard that in my was life. The worst quote. If that isn't the, if, that, if that isn't the title for this video, I don't know what what could it possibly be. If you, you've got it. You could clickbait the shit out of it and say something about Tom Lynch, then, <laughs> but you use this. 
But if you've got all your eggs in one basket and that basket falls and the eggs don't land in the basket again, then where's the basket going to be? I think that's a good time to wrap it up. Dash Dylan Buckley. <laughs> Thanks again, bro. Always good to talk to you. Um, where can we find you? Where can we go to find your YouTube stuff again just quickly? Because I'm... Give us all your shout-outs. Okay, shout-out to uh, my, my gaming channel, which is twitch.tv forward slash Mitch Robinson. My YouTube is youtube.com forward slash, uh, what is it? This is a great start. Um, the Rip Through It podcast, so just rip through it. <laughs> just search Mitch yep. Robinson. You'll get a bunch of negative stuff on there, but you'll see me on there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Done. All right, brother. Always good to talk. Best of luck for the rest of the year. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how far these lines can... Um, can go and uh just remember actually also um to finish up i want to get a mitch robson mitch robinson um brisbane lions jumper. jumper i need I mean, one oh for my shit. studio what, what so, studio well when i get back in my melbourne studio i'm gonna start hanging some shiz in it that actually that actually did look very very cool but um you did ask for my dress i'm just getting a bit flat that i haven't been receiving any motherfucking gear from dylan friends you haven't sent me yeah, one yeah, shirt yeah. <laughs> Look at your look, messages look, 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 about what I've asked you for your, your address. <laughs> you got to send me your address. I can't just send it to Brisbane. I was one of the first on your podcast, and like Chucky Neil and that get all their stuff, and I've, he's rocking his jumper and his tees and his hats. I'm like, where the fuck is my t-shirt? Well, Eric Kipwood's been sliding into the dams as well. He's very oh, slippery. Uh, he's a big fan of the show, slippery. So he oh. he's going to be getting some gear too. Why he hasn't been on the podcast anyway? Yeah, we will be soon. Don't oh, God. That'll be such a boring listen. Anyway, thanks, everyone, for tuning in to Dylan <laughs> Friends Podcast. This is your boy, Mitch Robinson, Dylan Buckley, signing out. Um, and be yourself because everyone else is taken. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends Podcast. The show is produced by Dylan Buckley and Luca Ganano. Richard Stansbury looks after the audio and editing. Samuel Kenny Creative is responsible for branding and graphic design. And the show is recorded at 3AW Studios, Collins Street, Melbourne. If you would like to contact my son, head to dylanfriends.com or look me up in the white pages and I'll pass it on. Listener.